There we go. There should be a knob that you can turn down. Oh, God, that's so loud. It's called volume. You can just turn the volume knob down. Nathan? Find it down. Your voice is grating. (laughs) Whose? Nathan's. I'm sick. It's not my fault. Me too. I'm also sick. I'm going to shit myself in public today. Okay. <laughs> Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Me too. Daniel, are you worried or excited? I'm worried. Welcome, everyone, to Trailer Park Podcast. I am Nathan. He is Daniel. We are cousins. Tonight's show could possibly blow your mind. You have to be worried or you have to be excited. You have to choose a side. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. My lesbian radar is very strong. I take back everything I said earlier about puzzle pieces and vision. You can go fuck yourself. Wish you could hear the sound of my jaw dropping. Are you listening? Are you fair enough as a person that we should have even ground? Right's sake. <sighs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Trailer Park Podcast. It's Trailer Park Podcast, episode 66. How are you this evening, cousin? Uh, cousin Nathan, I am great. Happy to be here for 66. This is a special one. It is a special one. Um, it also, I got to tell you, I know I've made these kind of boasts in the past, but this lineup, I'm not fucking around this time. This lineup is possibly the greatest lineup we have ever had on Trailer Park Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have been talking about this show for weeks. You have all sorts of unique games and things set up that we have never done before. That's correct. And it's also the return after an absence after 31 episodes straight the intern did not come out for episode 65 and he is back i am back i'm ready to uh, masturbate in public for you oh outstanding uh now that we've gotten the intern's introduction out of the way nathan uh, who else is here tonight joining us, gracing us with well, their presence? It's it's another first here on Trailer Park Podcast, Daniel. Um, for the first time ever, uh, Amanda is visiting us for the second time in a row. Wow, that's so exciting for me and for the listener. Hi, everyone. Two. <laughs> Please excuse my uh, nasally voice. I am a little under the weather, uh, but happy to be here as always. That is two times in a row. Yeah. And this time she's sick. She's pushing through. She's here for you. Yeah. Intern just disappears for pussy. I'm here no matter the circumstances, rain or shine, I show up. I just I just want to be clear about this. It's two times. Two times. Let me see you do shit two times. Two times. Let me see you do shit two times. Huh? Uh huh. Two Uh times. Maybe, maybe she'll, maybe she'll do three times. What do you guys think? Whoa. Would you do, would you do three times? What do you think? Three times? I'm really hoping for it. I mean, it depends on when you record next, where Daniel is in transition. But, but uh, Amanda, can you do 34 times? (laughs) <laughs> when it's extremely convenient for me to do so, absolutely. Are you, Wonderful. Are you bragging about the number of times that you did it in a row? You you missed last episode, intern, okay? No, I was thinking of a replacement. A replacement? Oh. oh, do you feel scorned? What? 
Do you feel scorned? Are you talking about leaving Trailer Park Podcast? Is that what you're doing? I was thinking I would start a, a one-man masturbation show. Mm. <laughs> Do you yeah. think with us having, like, Ivan and Matthias on that we've been, like, secretly interviewing people right in front of your face? <laughs> <laughs> we, we have to find a replacement now. Post-haste. Wow. Wow. Um, well, I, you know, it's a little bit petty. Well, what's happening here, folks, you really have to go back and listen to the Q&A segment on episode 65. We really dove into some of the uh, um, at-home uh, habits of the intern. Uh, I'll just, I'll leave it to you to go listen to the episode. You know, Hygienic and otherwise. Your guys' behavior right now is like tasting... <laughs> Whoa. Okay. That's a little inappropriate, intern. Uh, also, is... just so that? everyone knows. This is a family show, intern. This X-rated family show, it's very important to steer clear of your own Just letting you know. Why? Oh, right. There was a question about where it lands. <laughs> uh, and think... and the show would be called Master Uke Bait. Right. Yeah, no, there was, there was some uke. There was some uke jokes. There was also... I think Amanda made some diabetes jokes as well. We we get it. You feel scorned. That's yeah, it. and anything regarding where it lands is the answer. Of course, is filthy floor. <laughs> what? No, it's it's what you have a cat for. Oh, well, I, you know what? I think that's why we have to consider this a new beginning, intern. Because do you know what the number sixty six means? No, Nathan. What does it mean? It means it's. It's a number about optimistic idealism. So it's it's meant to kind of give us all a fresh new beginning. Okay, it's it's very tolerant. It's it's isp- the corporate power number. Yeah, it's inspirational. It, it heals distress. It inspires creativity. It's about moving forward. It's neighborly. You know, it's nurturing. Yeah. It lets other people know that you're not fucking around. It's good. It's, it's about, a nice number. Yeah. It's about acceptance. It's about joy. And I think we should all just, you know, leave the past behind us and move forward. What do you what do you say, intern? Um, okay. We can do that. Also between three and thirty one minutes, let's move forward. We'll the move sexual forward. position for sixty six <laughs> yeah, is of course uh, two pregnant women laying next to each other. Thought that was obvious. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's definitely a thing now, hey? Um, okay. Um, yeah. Movies that came out in 1966. Anyone? Uh, yeah. let's see. Really. We still dealing with black? Are we still dealing with like a like a speckling of black and white in that era? Or are we starting to come into full on color most of the time? I'm not sure. Oh, this black and white. That's a good a good lead into something else. Like what? Nothing. We'll get there. Okay. I don't like I don't like intern surprises at yeah, all. I don't like intern surprises <laughs> at all. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, oh, Ozzy, this show. <laughs> 1966 was actually a very poor year. There's not really very many movies to point out. The highest grossing movie of 1966 was The Bible. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. And and let's get some feedback. Um, intern, tell us about the 60th, 66th Academy Awards. Well, the black and white movie, Schindler's List, won. Oh, that's what he's doing. It did uh, win. Nice. We thought uh, it was going to be something porn related. Or no, s- or something no. race, or something racist. That's the best kind of porn, though. Uh, racist Sh- porn. Schindler's I List porn. Um, best director went to Mr. Spielberg. Uh, Tom Hanks won for Philadelphia. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was a fugitive. 
He wasn't really a fugitive, but he was in the fugitive. What year is the '66? Okay, th- this it's is in the '80s. Yeah, this is like what is confusing about this segment. Maybe to the listener, definitely to me, is that we're dealing with a '66 episode, and then the year 1966 the movies that came out in that year, and then the '66 1993, which of course is a year unrelated to 1966. Yeah. Oh, well, movies from '93. Can you explain to me the relevance of two pregnant women having sex with each other in relation to '66? <laughs> I thought we agreed that I was going to have a little like sexual position, yeah, attachment to the That's number fine. of the episode. Yeah, we're having fun, and all the things don't need to be, uh, you know, there doesn't have to be a straight line behind everything. Jesus Christ! Yeah, they don't need to be related. Nathan, can well, I like you to just. Let me just redirect six, our okay. anger the back six, to the intern. The 66th Academy Awards has more of a relationship to 66 than two pregnant women having sex with each other. <laughs> if those two pregnant women were Holly Hunter and Anna Paquin oh. for the movie The Piano, they would have that yep. in common because they both That was won. my lead-in. That was, that was his lead-in to, uh, to both, <laughs> both women winning Oscars. Anna Paquin the, was how old, in turn, was Anna Paquin? I, I don't know. I want to say 14. I think she was younger than that. She was. It doesn't tell me on this page, and I'm not going to clackety clack away. Uh, best sound went to Jurassic Park, and best sound effects. She was 11. 11. Mm-hmm. You guys remember when Jurassic Park came out at the theaters and it stayed in the theater for like a year? Yeah, because movies used to do that. I know. Now it's like they're lucky to get maybe two weeks. If they have a bad first week, oh, they're gone. Which and this movie stayed in the theater for like a full year. Which music do you remember more, Schindler's List music or Jurassic Park music? Same composer. Jurassic Park. Right. And John Williams won for Schindler's List. So hmm. that's a shame. Yeah. Because they couldn't. They were like, "Come on, we're putting yeah. the Holocaust versus dinosaurs. We can't do this." Dinosaurs you know wins every time. Their extinction was when far greater. The uh, in Jurassic World, when the doors first open, you know, like the, the kids like go to their room and the doors open over the park and the music played. Like I legit cried, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if we watch Schindler's List with Jurassic Park soundtrack? <laughs> La, 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 la. That's what I do. I serenade you guys, you know? <sighs> yeah, it feels pretty good. Well, thank God for that. Yeah, those are some good movies. Tom Hanks is first of two, right? Philadelphia was tight. I'm sure some people would argue that Daniel Day-Lewis should have won his 15th Oscar for In the Name of the Father, but whatever. Uh, just so everyone knows, also we can um, include in this uh, Oscar So White, Whoopi Goldberg hosted. Nice. And oh, Tommy Lee Jones did such a great job in The Fugitive, but do you think Leonardo DiCaprio should have won for What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Yes. Yes. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. What kind of my party, Gilbert? What kind of my party? We could play yes. ping pong at my party. I have a boot paddle. You have a pink paddle with a red stripe. He doesn't actually say that. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Gilbert. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Just got one more in there. Ah, <laughs> uh, Daniel Day Lewis. What is it in the name of thy father? Yeah. In the name of the father? Yeah. In, in the name of the father? Oh, oh yeah. That's a pretty good one. It's no, my left shoe, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my left foot is <laughs> got to be one of the best acting performances ever. Uh-huh. My ten toes, whatever the fuck. Uh... It would only be five. It's five Did toes. You not know? Did you really screw that up? Yeah, it was it was good stuff. Yeah, it's some melodramatic Irish thing, whatever. 
Which Basically, one? They both are. Not as good as Gangs of New York. <laughs> yeah, that Harry Potter guy beats either. people to death with a cudgel. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson, father of Domnall Gleeson. Did you know he was his father? You probably didn't know that. You brought that up on a previous TPP. Did I? But was yeah. but was Daniel listening? And did he retain the information? Does he ever listen? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, that was a... You're welcome. That was a challenge. He just challenged. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. So, I mean, hey, that's that's about it. I think it's time to uh, to hit up the old grab bag. It's not a bag anymore. You guys are aware. The grab tube. Yeah. It's <laughs> a. Um, it's now a pneumatic, pneumatic tube. Yeah, it's now a pneumatic tube. That's right. And uh, a gr- the a grabatic tube. Yeah. yeah. The items come sliding down out of this tube, and they arrive in front of me, and we have a little a little chatty chat about what's going on in the world of film and cinema and TV and such. I think I see the first one. Are you guys ready? Ready. Here it ready. comes. Welcome to Hitchcock. Yeah. Are you guys aware that NBC is um, taking all of the old, like Alfred Hitchcock presents material, and they're going to be reimagining it? Okay. Down with reimagining. Remaking, not so exciting. Reimagining, something could happen. So they're going to make a bunch of TV shows for all of his movies? Not as... the players go over. The old Alfred Hitchcock presents was kind of like, I don't know, like a twilight zone-ish kind of thing there's a lot there for them to go back and and rehash in contemporary ways how different is it from something like black mirror uh black mirror i think is they, they strive really hard to have all of their material focused on the near technological future that's like all their stories seem to revolve around concepts and moral dilemmas of technology that's like within 10 or 20 or 30 years of our reach it's very specific sci-fi sort of relation but it is stories of the bizarre so yeah do you need to remake alfred hitchcock presents when you could just make any other show that you want about interesting stories that's always the problem maybe they hope that they can spend more money elsewhere by having stories that pre-exist each season of welcome to hitchcock will focus on a season-long mystery of crime which will carry on the spirit of the classic Hitchcock style and legacy. It's almost like they want to turn Hitchcock into a brand. It feels dirty. It's like Newman's yeah. salad dressing. Yes. It is, you know, yeah. It is a little bit disgusting. It's got that corporate flair on it, but I think Hitchcock is already a brand. I think you say Hitchcock and you automatically think of his movies <clears throat> and his stories that were on television and just his general demeanor and the sort of atmosphere that he created around everything that he put his name on. And there's just a definite go-to that your brain has when you hear the name. So there is a brand pre-existing. I see why they would want to go with it. I don't know if it'll be that much more interesting than making something on your own like Black Mirror. Fair enough. Can I share something personal? I have no feeling about this at all. But when I think of Hitchcock, this is sad. When I think of Hitchcock, I think of Shia LaBeouf. What? (laughs) This is where my brain goes. So my brain goes Hitchcock, Psycho, Cracked Rear Window, Disturbia, Shia LaBeouf. Wow. (laughs) Oh, at least there's logic to that. I thought I just went from (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock to Shia LaBeouf. No in between. No, but it's almost immediate. Right. It doesn't take me any time. Yeah, the synapses between are automatic. <laughs> I actually haven't seen any of the old classic Hitchcock stuff. I haven't seen The Birds. haven't seen Rear Window. Actually, I would like to see Shia LaBeouf play Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, right? 
Did you ever see just... the Hitchcock movie with Anthony Hopkins? Yes. No? That seems like uh, a no, appropriate it. casting. Mm-hmm. There's also a documentary out, Hitchcock Truffaut. That's uh, pretty good as well. Hmm. Well, I'm sure we'll all go look that one up after the podcast is over. Thanks, intern. Can I get that on Criterion? No. Hmm. You can get it on Netflix, though. Hmm. Next. Oh. oh, there's another one coming. There's another one coming. Oh, my God. Here it comes. I see dead people. Oh. Whoa. Oh, um, Haley, Haley, what's up? The Seventh Sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, M. Night Shyamalan is getting into animated comedy. This is called. Let's see if I can do this correctly. Uh, Shyamalan animation. There you go. <laughs> God. God damn it. That's just my pun. Um, it's it's going to be a uh, project called Eleven Little Indians, and it is being produced by M. Night Shyamalan and the Family Guy scribe Alex Carter. Um, so M. Night Shyamalan is going to be making an animated series, a comedy about Indians, um, like from India. Well, he's an Indian from India, right? So I'm so, I'm connecting those dots. I hope you can too. Yeah, the dots on the forehead. Whoa. I just keep thinking the Put Indian in the cupboard. Put that out. <laughs> Well, that that's was... going to get replayed over and over again for yeah. the rest of time. Yeah, that's going to be clipped. I said one word once years ago, and you see where that's gotten me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. What do you guys think? I'll check it is out. It, is it, it going to be like Indian subcontinent Indians, uh, like in Cowboys? Comedy animated? Uh, I don't Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? His other forays okay. into things not horror with a twist ending related have been bad centers on a very large indian family tree with three very different branches one branch has successfully managed the american dream while another has just arrived in the u.s to try for the same ideal but their uh, naivety in a new country could work against them as they try to succeed in the mainstream american culture meanwhile the third branch of 11 little indians will have gone completely bonkers by the time the story kicks off i don't want they i don't know what they mean by bonkers i i can't even tell you what i just heard I can say is that <laughs> when he did the live action Avatar movie, that is like renowned as awful, and people like, hate it with passion. And then oh, it won all the, movie, it won all the Razzies. Yeah, the and last, then that other movie the that he did, Airbender, with uh, what's that that Scientology movie that he did with Will Smith and Jaden Smith After Earth. Yes, also panned. So, but did you watch? Want, did you watch the visit? What he's good at? Did you watch the visit? No, but that, that's a horror movie. That's like his realm, right? If he's going to do something good, it's going to be that. Okay. So All I right. haven't seen The Visit, but if it's decent, I'm not that surprised. It's his other ventures that I'm like, eh. He's also on board to bring the Tales of, from the Crypt reboot to TNT as an executive producer. So TNT, God damn it. That's, they, it's already <laughs> fucked. They already fucked it up. Okay, well, before he gets too angry, let's continue. Um, are you guys ready for the third item here? I can see it coming. I can see it coming. Here it comes. Oh, my God, it's coming. I know this. They're, they're making a live-action animated movie of an animated movie. A live-action animated movie of an animated movie? Try that again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it was displayed as. <laughs> but because yeah, none of the none of the animals are going to be real because it's John Favreau. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's going to be animated. I, I've I've titled this, or sorry, Sad Sack Studios has titled this, uh, the Jungle Lion King book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
basically. Because he did such a stellar job with all the animals in the Jungle Book, they're like, hey, make a Lion King movie live action. Will Matthew Broderick return as Simba? Oh, I hope so. You mean Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He's a man now. He can play the adult lion. Excuse me? No. Matthew Broderick is Simba. Thank you very much. JTT was Simba as a kid. I don't give a shit. Okay? You can get any (laughs) kid to do it. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Tool Time are gone. You have to let go. He's a grown man now, and he can be a grown lion and come out of the shadows. I don't know what happened to him. He might be dead. Do you guys know Tim Allen spent two years in jail? Did you know that? Anyway. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his real name is Tim Dick. Yeah, he was caught on, like, massive drug possession, I think, and he, like, tattletailed on people and got off in two years. Anyway, the point, this has nothing to do with Tim Allen. This has everything to do with John Favreau and him doing a decent job on Jungle Book and them bringing Lion King to live action, which is a, I don't know, it's not a bad idea financially. It's a great idea, probably. The problem yeah, is a lot is that of animal training they're going to have to do, though. I'm just tired. This is another thing that Hollywood is doing right now that I'm tired of is that they're just taking classic animated movies and making them live action and reselling them like they did it with Cinderella. They're going to do it with Beauty and the Beast. And it annoys me because I'm obviously going to see them because I like those stories and those movies, but it is a waste of time. Well, yeah, Beauty and the Beast... Not- makes more sense than doing the Lion King, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that, but I'm just saying that they're doing, like, they're doing them all. Like, yeah. Disney has pretty much uh, committed to live-actioning all of their animated classics. I am certain that they are going to do Frozen in no time. Yep. The problem with this is that The Lion King is the greatest animated movie of all time, and they're going to ruin it because The Jungle Book, although it had great success financially, was a problem. With the talking, talking animals. Right. No, you want to spend a solid ninety minutes watching a, a CGI lion mouth move around. No, I know you do it. I don't. I want to watch the. I'm gonna watch the 1994 greatest animated movie of all time by far. Definitely. That's a pretty by bold far. statement. Pretty bold. There's statement. that, and then there's a big long gap and then there's the incredibles and then there's another big long gap and anything else iron giants up there and i also want to take offense here a little bit yeah brave little toaster i'm sorry please please (laughs) sorry please please repeat what you just said i didn't i didn't pick up on (laughs) brave brave little toaster and then of course it's popular sequel brave little toaster goes to mars oh i see i understand um yeah brave little toaster definitely on the table uh do we need to just let the intern know that these bold statements that he makes about movies being the greatest this and the greatest that. I mean, let's get down to brass tacks, all right? Lion King was a Hamlet ripoff, okay? It ripped off Shakespeare. It wasn't the best thing that ever was made, okay? That well, was I drawn, can't trust yeah. anybody who only basically likes two animated movies. Like, no. if you don't like the genre, then you don't really get a say. I really like the genre. I have I watch animated movies all the time. Not just North American animated movies either. Oh, oh he's an aficionado of animation now. Okay, all right. Yeah, tentacles, schoolgirls with penises. <laughs> Drawing the correct picture here. It's yeah. the best kind. Okay, all right. Well, you know what? In Lion King, yeah, it's up there. Okay, it's in the conversation. But let's not forget that there are other ones. There's a there's a group of them that sell that we celebrate together. We don't just designate things as the best thing ever because if we yeah, did that, then we. 
The Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> we might a good one. Might look like assholes. The rescuers do down under. Yeah. Well, right now you guys look like assholes <laughs> with your Great Mouse Detective nonsense. Well, we're just that's we're a just, really good one. We're just teasing yeah. you, really. Ratatouille. Um, let's Secret of Nim. Oh, fuck. The rescuers down what? under. Yeah. An American Tale. Fifel goes west. <laughs> Rioni Kenshin. Yeah, like... Princess Mononoke. Bumbalina. The last unicorn. Yeah, I don't know. Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, Akira. They're all just blobs, right? Kubo and the Two Strings. The Little oh, Prince. A... They're recent. Write the movie. Seriously, yeah. though. The Little Prince was so good that the people that made it didn't want to distribute it. Anyway. Is it? It's like five stars on Netflix. I, it's I really good. No, like they made it and then they chose not to distribute it because they didn't think it would make money and then Netflix picked it up or something. I don't know. Long story, but whatever. Uh, I think it's time to ask some questions. Finally. Daniel, there are some really important questions that Nathan needs to ask you. (laughs) Okay, so our headliner tonight has caused quite a stir at Sad Sack Studios, and not just with the bean counters. One of the hashtags for The Accountant starring Ben Affleck is hashtag who is the accountant. So we're going to play a little game tonight of who am I? (laughs) Does Chelsea every time just respond back in a tweet? I am. I am the accountant. (laughs) If she was here, she would be doing a lot of accountant jokes. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, how how does a... um, how does an accountant practice safe sex uh, with their personality? So things like that. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Our... They're like those jokes. They're like, how does an accountant do this? They don't. They're a loser. <laughs> I'm going to be doing the first few, and then I'm going to be giving you guys um, some things to say in the chat screen here. Um, I want you um, – I'll be directing you to say um, – to be asking the question of a specific member of the group tonight. So this one is for the intern. Um, intern, mm-hmm. you play with me at night before going to sleep. You can't get caught fiddling with me at work. You only let a select few people touch me. What am I? A vagina. No, that's uh, <laughs> fil- answer, though. filthy, filthy, <laughs> filthy. Your phone, intern, your phone. I fiddle with that thing at work all the time. Mm-hmm. Rub your fingers all over it. What? I meant the vagina. Yeah. Uh, Thinking you're doing it a favor, but really you're just using it selfishly. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel. Yes. I start with a V and every woman. Oh, <laughs> Wait, it says, is, I thought there was a theme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I start with a V and every woman has one. She can even use me to get what she wants. What am I? Vulva. <laughs> no, no. No, it's, um, it's her voice. Bane. Voluptuousness, okay. <laughs> Voluptuousness. Don't call me fat on the radio. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Amanda. Yes. I come in a lot of different sizes. Sometimes I drip a little. If you blow me, it feels really good. What am I? Nipples? <laughs> oh, your nose. Your nose, yeah. <laughs> Nipples. Nipples. Blow those. Really get on them. It does feel nice. 
It does. You want to suck those nipples, nipples like a dick. Sometimes they drip. Uh, Amanda, yeah. can you read the following to Daniel, please? Okay. Well, hang on. I got to see it. Is that, does that say poles? Yeah. You stick your poles inside me. You lie me down to get me up. You tie me down to get you up. Okay. I get wet before you do. What am I? Your poles inside me. You tie me down to get <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. A tent. Ah, oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, Daniel, can you read this one to Amanda, please? If I miss... I might hit your bush. It's my job to stuff your box. <laughs> when I come, it's news. What am I? If I miss, I might hit your bush. I know it's it. It's my job to stuff your box. When I come, it's news. What am I? Like a like a paper boy? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I did it. Um, this one's for the intern to read to uh, Daniel and Amanda. All day long, it's in and out. I discharge loads from my shaft. Both men and women go down on me. What am I? I discharge loads from his shaft. Discharge loads from my shaft. These are <laughs> filthy, Nathan. Filthy, filthy, filthy. They're pretty filthy, yeah. Oh, down? What do you go down on? I don't know. It's not It's not filthy enough for the intern, though. I don't see the word a d*** anywhere. <laughs> um... A ship. The intern. An elevator. Elevator. Oh. All day long, it's in and out. Discharging Discharge loads from my loads shaft. Off. Yeah, it lets huh. out the load of people. It doesn't, I guess, it release or it, it makes, it opens a portal for loads to voluntarily <laughs> re- remove themselves. Oh my God. I don't know if it's discharging. Don't get all uppity about the wording of <laughs> the dirty... <laughs> The loads are making conscious decisions to leave. (laughs) I just want to let you guys know, I just want to say welcome to the accounting department where everybody counts. Thanks, intern. Thanks. Wow. (sighs) Hashtag crunch those numbers, crunch this dick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, next up, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have the Sad Sack Tagline Challenge. In an effort to make the Q&A a little bit more interactive, tonight we are being challenged by Sad Sack Studios to take our best shot at recommending some taglines for the movies in our lineup tonight. They want to make it clear, though, that this is about capturing something special. If the trailer doesn't inspire you to offer something magical, then perhaps you don't have a recommendation, and that is fine. How do we know what a good or bad tagline is, though? How do we know that it's special? Well, Sad Sack has provided a few examples of some stellar taglines for us to get us in the mood before heading into the lineup tonight. Are you guys ready? Ready? Yeah, um, I guess. Uh, Bride of Chucky used Chucky Gets Lucky and The Honeymoon's Gonna Be Killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are good taglines. They are. So that's what this is about. It's, it's about when we watch the trailer, if you feel anything, then we're going to be throwing around some taglines tonight after we, as we talk about whether we're worried or excited. Things like the social network. You don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Who will survive and what will be left of them? The Thing. Man is the warmest place to hide. Yeah, that's, that's a good. good one. Yeah. Tommy boy, if at first you don't succeed, lower your standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 40-year-old virgin. The longer you wait, the harder it gets. Um, Predator 2. He's in town. Or it discharges loads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Predator was in town with a few days to kill. 
That's pretty awesome. Uh, an old an old movie with Burt Reynolds, an action movie called Malone. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yes. Ex-cop, ex-CIA, explosive. <laughs> <laughs> Dazed and confused. See it with a bud. <laughs> Suspiria, an old horror movie. The only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of this film are the first 92. <laughs> a wordy. A little wordy. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's some classic ones, though, like Jurassic Park and Adventure 65 Million Years in the Making. That's great. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, they're young, they're in love, and they kill people. <laughs> Jaws 2, which, just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water. Yep. Or Alien. Alien's at the top of most of these lists. In space, no one can hear you scream. Yeah. How about some bad ones? Like Twilight, when you can live forever, what can you live for? Thanks, Twilight. Or the Tooth Fairy, you can't handle the tooth. Oh, one of my personal favorites, from Paris with Love, two agents, one city, no mercy. Oh, God. (laughs) Or Cool as Ice. Cool as Ice starring Vanilla Ice. When a girl has a heart of stone, there's only one way to melt it. Just add ice. What? That didn't make any sense. Or Jaws the Revenge. This time, it's personal. (laughs) And it really is, too. Crank high voltage. He was dead, but he got better. I don't... Yeah. Ocean's 12. 12 is the new 11. Oh. And we'll finish... We'll finish with Stick It. It's not called Jim Nice Ticks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Do you God. know how much Daniel loves Stick It? Are you aware of that? Like, did you choose that one on purpose? No, I have no idea. He like He's he, obsessed with Stick It. Like, he stumbled across my dark secret. <laughs> it's, it I meant- would... I would guess it's it falls into his at least top 25. I wouldn't put it in my top 25. You would, though, because you talk about it every 25 days. I have seen it, like, probably 20 times, though. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> what, <laughs> what's going on? Why are, Isn't Jim nice? <laughs> why are you... Why? Stick it, like, okay, it started as, like, a weird sort of, like, freak show to me. Like, I caught it when I was really bored one day. I was like, what is this toss-away garbage? And then Jeff Bridges was in it. So I was like, what? And I started watching it. And it had your like classic sports movie sort of formula. A bunch of like ragtag underdogs get grouped together. And at first they hate each other. But then they love each other. And then they end up winning. But not totally winning because that's too cliche. It's in that like you tried really hard and you deserve it kind of way. And then I just started watching it over and over again and i I've, can't get too much into it without exposing some dark shit about myself but yeah i have an attachment to that movie <laughs> i was gonna say the description you just gave is this is like word for word the description you've used to like trash things in the past <laughs> yeah i can't explain it it's wild Okay, well, the purpose of that was just to get everybody kind of in the in the tagline mood, okay? So as you're watching the trailers tonight, let's uh, contemplate. Contemplate some some taglines for the movies just for just for shits and giggles. So wait, are we making a tagline for every movie? If you want. Like, you... with my worried, I'm going to say, here's my tagline for this movie. Sure, yeah. And if you feel, oh, that's only, great. Only if you feel inspired, though. If you don't feel inspired, if it's not there, don't force it. The magic's either there or it's not. Everything inspires me. Take it. God damn it. We don't want there to be any pressure to the tagline challenge. We want it to be about positive motion. We want to move forward. Just as 66 is about... Well, 66 is about creativity. It's about inspiration. It's about moving forward. So that's what we're doing. About being pregnant with inspiration. Right. Like two pregnant women fucking. We're moving forward. (laughs) To the headliner, The Accountant, starring Ben Affleck. 
the accountant. Here we go. You're different. Sooner or later, different scares people. You think if you don't fight back, then maybe they'll like you. Stop picking on you, calling you a freak. Victim or not, make a decision. Your son is a remarkable young man. It wouldn't surprise me if he has more in common with Einstein, Mozart, and Picasso than he does with us. highly advanced cognitive skills. The obsessive personality. Can our son lead a normal life? Define normal. Maybe he's capable of much more than we know. to track your stolen cash. He's capable of coming in cold, uncooking years of books, and getting out alive. Imagine the secrets this guy has. Who are you? Can our son lead a normal life? Define normal. Um, so Nathan, worried or excited? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I like the way this trailer is built. Kind of reminds me of a um, of a David Fincher trailer kind of feel to it, actually. I like the background mm-hmm. Radiohead going on. I like yeah, the, the Radiohead is a big, uh, it definitely amplifies everything. Yeah, I like the mystery behind the character and everything. I mean, he's got autism, right? Like, like he doesn't have any friends. What else is he going to do? He's either going to be a loser or he's going to be a sociopathic killer, right? Like, that's the, the basic options. Is there anything really else to do? When you're an accountant, you're supposed to be boring. You're supposed to have no personality. It's like there's kind of like a, a flipping of the script here. It's making accountants cool, it's going to mean that Chelsea and all of her friends are going to band together behind this movie and wave flags in its honor because of, of what it's going to do. It's going to make them feel like assassins when they go to work in the morning. It's going to improve my life. It's going to make everything around here much better. <laughs> Every time they crunch a number, they like look around to see if anyone noticed. Yeah. Chelsea will start blowing on her hands at work. <laughs> Is this... Do you share the same concern that I do? Like, I, I, I also am excited about this movie, and and I look forward to watching it. And this trailer is different from the other trailers, and that the other trailers make it seem like it focuses very heavily on him being some sort of undercover CIA agent or something, like murdering people and covering it up and cooking books. But this is all about him being like a child prodigy. So I find it very interesting the gap or the the separation between the two types of trailers. But is this a missed opportunity for a great 
DC Universe Batman Begins. Like Bruce Wayne started out as an accountant? Or that he, that they could have just like, I feel like they, they could have bent this to Batman so easily for a really great new DC Universe Batman movie, which is him like being a child prodigy and like being heavily in a technology and understanding things from the get-go and just being like on, on a rapid fire pace to being someone magnificent and special and then his parents get murdered right like he's I don't a, know. he's a cpa crazy at protecting assets it's <laughs> your tagline i don't know how you're gonna connect bruce wayne to this he's he's a he's an autistic he's got no friends he's he's a, that's not bruce wayne bruce wayne's a, a social no, 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 he didn't say autistic this movie is like he's like obsessive compulsive no it, it mentioned which, autism which, it means he's not Which I think normal. could lend itself to Batman very easily. I don't know. I think you got Batman oh. on the brain. I think it's infiltrating your experience here with the accountant, and you're maybe not ready for him to be both the accountant, uh, assassin man, and also Batman at the same time. Is that what's going on here? You you can't accept that he's going to be two cool people at the same time? No, the tagline should be, are you only thinking the accountant? And then I'm also excited, though. <laughs> the accountant. Not Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not Batman. <laughs> Intern? Guests? Um, does anyone else find it weird that it really seems like Ben Affleck is now the better than Matt Damon version of the Ben Matt era? How did he pull that switch? I wouldn't He's go that far. It seems like everything he's doing in the last little while is quality, and Matt Damon is going downhill. Here's That's the what thing. it feels I think to Matt me. Damon maybe, I, think, I think you're right, Inter. I think Matt Damon had like the upper hand at first, but he's settled and sort of become a little bit cocky and arrogant about his position, and Ben Affleck has had to go like delusionally to the top, straight to the bottom with all that J-Lo nonsense and Gigi and Daredevil and then work his way back to a stable position. So I think now he is stronger than the Damon. I think you're correct. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. I think the uh, hashtag or the tagline should be the accountant. Be audit, you can be. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, Amanda, please clean up that mess. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> I am excited uh, i have seen several different trailers for the movie and it is interesting this one is very different um i think i've seen like three different trailers and i think that they all sort of give you a different uh piece of the film um it's when the intensity really builds and that's cool uh, but i've seen other ones where anna kendrick seems to have a lot more involvement with him and like trying to know him and who he is and like get close to him in some sort of way and then J.K. Simmons wasn't in this trailer at all, and I'm very excited about him because um, right now he's like my favorite. He's my favorite actor right now. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Ben Affleck is, Affleck is suddenly coming into his own, and like now I'm like, oh, he doesn't totally suck. He's he has a little bit of talent, and um, I look forward to watching him. And I. I can't think of a hashtag or a tagline other than like accounting bodies. <laughs> That's pretty good. Audit beat Batman. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Accounting bodies. I like that a lot. Uh, much better than the interns. Hashtag account fleck. Okay. That was look like He Man in like a nerd costume, though. He is super buff in the fucking accountant. Yeah. Although I would say, in response to your thing about Swain, I wouldn't waste. This movie that looks great 
on a fucking Batman story. I wouldn't either, but I just the DC universe needs it. Yes. It needs something <laughs> with this kind of depth, and uh, they're instead of using it on the accountant. Hey, that's their move. <laughs> to that point, very quickly before we proceed with the next trailer, I believe the next standalone Batman movie is going to be an Arkham Asylum movie, which makes sense to me. Ah, 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 ah. Trailer number two tonight is Birth of a Nation. Oh, shit. Birth of a Nation. Here we go. You a child of God, you got purpose. The law put it there, and nobody can take it away. These books are for white folks. They're full of things your kind wouldn't understand. You're special boy, Nathaniel. Study hard here. Your slaves sure do know how to behave. Well, they God, Ben. One of them's a preacher. People might pay good money to have them calm down a bit, especially by one of their own. I lead you to Peter. 218. Submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. I'm that. What you think you're doing, boy? I asked you a question. You're done preaching for a little while. You learned your lesson, boy? Oh, yes. I've learned. Watch a strong man broken down. It's a terrible thing. The Lord's spoken to me. Visions of what's to come. A rise of good against evil. What are we gonna do? We'll fight. But once it begins, our brothers and sisters are joined. And we'll number in the hundreds, thousands even. Sing a new song. Let the high plains of God be on the mouths of the saints and a two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the demonic nations. Sing to him a new song. Amanda, worried or excited? Um, I will go excited because I think I'm I'm certain it'll be a good movie. I'm sure it will get a lot of Oscar attention, particularly given the shame the Oscars will feel this year, especially after two years of, you know, Oscars so white. Um, will I go see it? Probably not, but it, that's mostly because like I don't get off on that time period of movies, and I also don't get off on like super Jesusy movies. And I, 
am getting that feeling like he's a man of God and he's, you know, using the good book to, to raise up his community and his people. And that just doesn't appeal to me. And so I'm sure it will be good. I'm sure the acting will be good. I will not see it. Then how are you excited? Because <clears throat> I know, I mean, because I'm playing the long-term game. No, stop the this game Park nonsense. Podcast. No, that's how it works. Just because I'm not interested in something, because I'm objective, unlike other people on this show, I can say when something will be good. That doesn't mean that I will like it. This isn't a worried or excited, am I going to like it? It's a worried or excited, will it be good? Mm. It will be good. I don't want to watch it. Is this the oldest remake ever done? Not a remake. Uh, No, no, that was a different movie. It's a pun. (laughs) It's a pun. Can we, is this a play off of the original? Yeah, they're calling it Birth of a Nation to play off the fact that the original Birth of a Nation was about like a propaganda film for KKK. Right, a racist propaganda film, right. Right. Is this then taking the title Birth of a Nation away? Yeah, yeah, it's taking it back. Stand with us. Hashtag stand with us. Yeah, it is, uh, I think, the right thing to do. Yeah. There's a lot of there's, there's media, a lot of, sure, maybe. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this movie, though, especially the director, main star, writer, fellow Nate Parker. Yeah, I'll say this: it looks like I don't know. It looks like a very good like TV movie and a TV movie feel to me, like incredibly on the nose, sharp emotional moments, a lot of like one liners that carry really well in commercial trailers. So this they had like a really strong TV movie feel to me i almost feel like it would play better in that like landscape as well uh that said i think i'm kind of with a man on this one i'm just not into this time period and i don't know this sort of uh that's a where where can i get footing to give an objective opinion on this film in 2016 i'm not sure that i can so i'm just gonna go over the real vague uh i'm worried only because I don't think that I'm going to be interested in seeing it, not because it looks like it's a bad film. I'm Jackie Earl Haley is a racist excited. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? He's perfect for it. Jackie Earl Haley is a racist. Like, I actually believe it. Uh, Other movies, you know, 12 Years a Slave and stuff. Fassbender, yeah, he's a dick, but he doesn't come across as like a deep-seated racist. I I see Jackie Earl Haley in that role and I'm like, boom. Bingo. Yep. Totally. Like he's a racist pedophile. Oh. No matter what. Oh, he's so good. He's such a good actor. Yeah, racist or pedophile. He's got the look. He's got the chops. <laughs> I love Jack Earl Haley. Uh, not because of well, you, you know what I mean. Um, You're right though. Fassbender. <laughs> he's not. He's not hitting black people. He's like hitting women. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, with his big horse cock. Okay. Um, <laughs> Here's here's the deal, all right? Nate Parker, I don't know if you guys know. Do you guys know the controversy? He's He was accused of, uh, of rape when he was younger, and that's all come to the forefront now. And it's clouding this... Well, it's clouding this movie's premiere because he was never... Uh, formally, you know, taken to task for the charges because the girl didn't want to divulge who she was, so she backed away from the charges. Anyway, and the same girl, like 10 years after the fact, committed suicide, and there's all this controversy, and they've been bringing it up in every interview with him, and he's been avoiding talking about it, 
as as much as he can, but he's also not running away from it either. He's confronting it, and he's already he's made comments about it, and he's trying to navigate that. And he's poured his heart and soul into this movie, obviously writing, directing, and starring in it. And it does look quality, and I disagree that it looks TV quality. But there's just a lot of controversy, so I think it'll be it might be difficult for them to Oscar nod this, but they might do it anyway. I don't know. I think it looks pretty tight, and I'm not also like incredibly into this kind of movie but um I, I don't know i feel i feel like i have to watch it now i feel like i'm i'm excited for it birth of a nation time to get up off our knees intern yeah um the birth of a nation the pinnacle of racism let's talk about it um the birth, of a, the the birth of a nation got... colon taking off the hood <laughs> no okay. that's um, bad <laughs> the that was, sequel that was bad <laughs> Birth of a nation will whip you into your seat. Um, that was that was oh, worse. That was worse. That was worse. I don't think anyone cares if you're worried or excited anymore. The one <laughs> scene in here that really got me, and it made me think about my role on this show, is uh, when the girl is skipping and she has the noose around the black girl's neck, and the they're leash. both skipping along. Yeah. But it's a noose. It's a leash. It's a noose that's, leash. That's disturbing. It is. Um, it's a lot of imagery yes. that's disturbing. This this matters. So there's two things that don't go away. It's the Holocaust and slavery. They're never going away. And I think that this is the time right now for this to be a good movie. I'm excited. I want to watch it. I feel like, I feel like, son of a bitch. <clears throat> um, I'm going to like this and I'm going to like it because it's going to make me uncomfortable. I'm excited. I, I also think J- Django, I think, the character of Django is loosely based off of Nat Turner. And that's what this is the real story of. And I also want to say that it's nice to see uh, one of these movies where there isn't some like uh, white savior at the front of the crowd, like Free State of Jones, you know? Yeah, it's just like shitty white guys. You want them all to die. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Birth of a Nation, the death of the white man. Kill the racists. Trailer number three tonight, the horror fulcrum. Oh, my God. Is called Jack Goes home to the fun part of the show was it jack goes jack goes home jack goes home here we go i heard a sound wind strong wind and then a whisper in that wind Jack. my dad he died today my dad's dead what like i'm already at peace with it it's weird right i had to come out here you're my best friend we better start packing you're going home can i tell you something please do i always thought this house was haunted huh huh I'm so sorry, Mom. Well, that makes no sense. Your sorry you had nothing to do with it. I was just being nice. Well, you don't need to be nice. None of this is nice. Your father really loved you. I am so sorry.
What is he talking about? I have a feeling that you wouldn't like what you found up there. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you saying, Jack? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go away! Go away! I'm sorry. Daniel, are you worried or excited about Jack Goes Home? <clears throat> Keep in mind that I it has think... Natasha Leone in it, and that is um, your girlfriend's favorite actress. Carry on. Yeah, yes, Natasha Leone is in, in is in this. She's also in a couple of other horror movies coming out in the same time frame. Um, she's sort of making the rounds. I can I can tell from this trailer. I can tell my reaction to this movie. I can see myself six months from now watching this movie on my couch and having this exact reaction, which you is being mean our couch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fair enough. Awesome. Fair enough. Yes, our couch. That is me being like, oh, what is this? Oh, it's not what I wanted, but I'll stick around. Oh, this is kind of interesting. And then for the last half of the movie, let down. Let down all the way to the end. I can almost, I, I will put money on that will be my reaction when I eventually watch this movie. Um, I'm worried. <laughs> okay. Who's who's the main who's the main guy in this movie? He looks like one of the uh, Culkins. Kieran Culkin. Yes. Uh, man, I don't. It's tough to explain. There's a lot of like inherently just knowing horror movie kind of things that I'm pulling my from my gut on this one. I'm gonna go with worried just because I think that they've pulled a better trailer than what the movie actually is. I get that feeling strongly. I oh, can't no, it's... quite be precise about it, but it's Rory. Can... It's Rory Culkin. He's the same one that did that Gabriel movie that we did on uh, Lost Trailers. Yeah. Oh, I, I see it. The Culkins, I feel like they kind of gravitate towards these kind of movies. Uh, that being said, I'm, I think I'm worried about this one. I but can feel it. It's directed... Is there something smarter than there should be here? It will feel that way for the first 45 minutes, and then it will be just a bunch of generic whatever letdown for the last half. I can feel it. But it's written and directed by Thomas Decker, and he was the guy that was in Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake, as Johnny Depp's character. Yeah, the the remake failure. Oh, hey, hey! I come on. We that, all know that the whole series was a failure. That's a little harsh. It's a little harsh. Whoa, whoa! I intern. I do. do I, I'll let you get away with whatever shit talking you want to do about Mad Max, but I will not let you talk that way about Nightmare on Elm Street. Wait, um, you'll let him talk shit think, about Mad Max, but you won't. <laughs> do you think that I'm about your the slave? Franchise that's like burned into people's like entire psyche and vision of horror. Yeah, like come on, we gotta give it a little bit of credit, even if it's cheesy. Freddy's not I real. Hated watching a series so much in my entire life. Freddy's not real, and he means more than you do to the world. Okay, intern. <laughs> Amanda, back. What, what do you feel about this trailer? Um. Uh... I'm actually excited because I've watched this trailer a couple of times now and I want so badly for it to be good and I want it to creep me out and kind of scare me. Um, 
but you can feel that it won't. Well, you? you know, I didn't feel that way until you shadow my parade. Because <laughs> I, I actually do think I think there's some some real potential here for here for some decent scares. But I also look for things in horror movies that you don't like. I actually I like a little cheap thrill. I like just feeling creeped out or scared like in the moment. I don't need it to be amazing. I just need it to be better than most of the garbage that they make. So I'm excited. I think it'll be above average and I'll watch it. I like psychological horror. I'm with Amanda. I'm excited. Hashtag we accept your apology. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so close to the one that I had in mind. Also, hashtag I'm with Rory, because I think Rory is actually the most talented Culkin. And I haven't seen Gabriel, but I believe the intern told me Gabriel was good. I think he saw Gabriel. Didn't you watch Gabriel? was above average, but above average. But how was Rory? Is, is Rory capable of psychologically breaking down on screen? So The, the good son. As far as I'm I believe, concerned, Macaulay is still the best at it. What I believe happened here is that the person that watched Gabriel was like, I want him in my movie to do this. It seems like it translates directly, um, like that role into this role. So you're saying Thomas Decker sought out Rory and Rory didn't seek out this movie, which is what Daniel suggested. That's the way that it seems just based off of his role in Gabriel. I'm with you. He had moments in that movie that were fantastic, but they were moments and the movie was worth watching. But a lot of people probably wouldn't like it. Were a letdown. No. I think I think Daniel is incorrect, and I think the intern is correct in this situation. Just putting in my two cents. Um, also, Jack goes home, colon to Canada to apologize. Yeah, I kind of stole your thunder. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Can't think of them. I got to spit them out quick next time. <laughs> is that is that two in a row where I'm the only worried? No, I'm worried. Um, oh, okay. Fuddy daddy. Just wanted to clarify that. Hey, yeah, I didn't so say all of his previous insults at me are meaningless. Fuddy duddies. Hashtag fuddy buddies. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Mm. Uh. Besties with testies. Oh. Uh, intern, please continue. No, I said I'm worried. You can buzz this shit. Oh, sorry. I wanted you to elaborate on why you were worried. I'm worried because it's a horror movie and this looks like it's going to be a generic horror movie. It looks like it will be better than Nightmare on Elm Street. I'll give it that. But uh, still not interested. Not no, looking it's, forward it's gonna, to watching this and giving it a worried. One. It's going to start at a one. It's going to hit a, a mild two level and then drop right to zero. I, wow. It might stay around the low minus or no. the low no. one. No, he already had final word. He already had final yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> I you. was talking about the next trailer. Trailer number four stars... Michael Pena and Alexander Skarsgård. It is called War on Everyone. War on Everyone. Here we go. I've been walking these streets so long. Crack, lads. Not to read, don't you? I'm actually dyslexic. What's that, Terry? A controlled substance. No. It was hidden in his anus, Your Honor. You dirty motherfucker. You're a dealer now, Reggie. (laughs) You two are fucked up. Bingo! (laughs) (laughs) You had a nice swim, honey? My eyes hurt. You put too much chlorine in that pool. He's been up to something. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. 
All innocent little Lord fucking Fauntleroy over here. Let's go fuck some scumbags. Get the hell off this property. What are you doing? Oh, no, no, no. Get back to you, little bastard! What are you doing? Fuck off. You fuck off. You fuck off. You fuck off. And you fuck off. Intern, worried or excited? Uh, war on everyone, including your mom. Uh, I'll say I'm excited because I laughed throughout that whole trailer. It's like I didn't stop. So hopefully that continues for however long this is, 90 minutes, hopefully. Yeah. Or, and then the expanse from now until when this movie comes out. So you'll be laughing the entire time. <laughs> right? It's going to be a new problem, like that person that hasn't stopped sneezing for 30 years. Exactly. Uh, I'll just laugh like Zach Galifianakis and Masterminds for until this comes out. So strong excited from you. This looks like a plus three to you. Um, no, this looks like it'll be a strong plus one. Excited. Excited. Nathan? The actual tagline for this movie is bad cop, worse cop. Well, that's no good. Yeah. Some of the quotes on the poster here. Uh, utterly irresponsible, completely hilarious, so funny it hurts. Yeah. I'm actually quite surprised by this trailer. Um, that's why it's on the lineup. I didn't expect this movie to show up. And I really like Michael Pena, even though he's mo- mainly in a backup role most of the time. And Skarsgård yeah. was Tarzan, and it's kind of weird for him to be in this as well, but his abrasiveness is, is pretty funny. And their delivery, they, they're really owning this. Like, it seems over the top and ridiculous, but they're fucking owning it and they're executing. So, yeah. I'm excited. That bird flap. Yeah. yeah. This, this looks on. like this looks, this looks like a movie that should have been like straight to DVD or didn't have much like faith behind it. And the two main guys in the two main roles really found their place and made this movie like or really elevated this movie, I should say. Because, yeah, I'm also excited about this. And Michael Pena does usually play a backup role. I'm glad you brought that up because I was just going to say that. He's often the like side side go to in a lot of movies and seeing him be confident enough to embody a role like this is kind of impressive. And then him matched up with uh, Skarsgård. It's funny. I had a couple of big genuine laughs in this. I'm excited. Amanda. Oh, super excited. Same reaction. I'm just loving this this pairing. I mean, especially just like from a physical perspective, you've got like a super tall, blonde, just gorgeous Skarsgård. And then, you know, kind of like dopey, cute, Hispanic Michael Pena, like together, I think that and just the way they're so deadpan in their delivery, like I think it's going to crush. I'm excited. I got like a modern day Blues Brothers without the music kind of feel. So do you guys really think that uh, Pena is like the best friends, the character of the best friend, but the one that drives the best friend in the movie? It's like when there's like a romantic comedy and the main female character is flashing back to her female friend and that female friend is at a Starbucks and he's the barista. (laughs) What? And he has like one great one liner and that's it. He's always that guy. Oh, you're saying in general, not in this movie. Right, right. In general. Okay, okay, right. No, this is his this is his breakout, his deserved breakout. War on everyone. Hashtag I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 
Trailer number five tonight, our final trailer tonight, is called The Girl on the Train. The Girl on the Train. Here we go. A teacher once told me I was the mistress of self-reinvention. like having a secret and nobody but me knows I'm doing it I saw her I saw her from the train she was she was with this man just for a second. Is this her? To a woman so heartless. Can you tell me where you were Friday night? I was in the city, and then I went to visit my husband. You mean your ex-husband? It's my understanding that the woman who has gone missing was his nanny. I need you to stay away. So what did you do during those hours that night? I don't remember. There's some time missing. What happened that night in the tunnel? Tell me the truth. Nathan, worried or excited? The girl on the train. Mind your own fucking business. Jesus Christ. Jesus. <laughs> um, hey, well, to be blunt, I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh zing. Um, seriously, this kind of looks, I mean, it says it's based on a thriller that shocked the world. And that 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 quote bothers me quite a bit because there's a lot of people like me out there that had no idea that this book or existed, right? So when you say the thriller that shocked the world, it's kind of like really, yeah. The, and when the they book- say that, it's usually something sexist, like oh, the wife was the murderer instead of the husband. Like that's the shocking part. This has this scream split personality or some sort of psychosis thing and it'll be a twisty ending and I like those kind of movies, so I have to say excited and I really like Emily Blunt as well. And if it is a famous book, then the writing's gotta at least be at least half decent to potentially solid to potentially really good. So I think the risk factor here is quite low. And um yeah, yeah. Busy bodies get charged with murder. Girl on the train. Let's do it. 
I'm excited. Amanda? Um, the book is literally sitting on my on my buffet right now, waiting for me to read. Um, so I guess I need to get started because I want to see this so badly. I'm so flippin' excited. Um You have six days to read the book. I know. Well, I'm not gonna That's see not it true. Day it'll, anyway. it'll be in the theater uh, for at least a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, two. Three tops. It's a they, two three. They stay like a month. Relax. <laughs> Um, I love Emily Blunt. I think she's like, I think she will do really well in this sort of character. Um, did you like her in Edge of Tomorrow? Fuck off. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. That's, there's a five, six right there. That movie is so That's Emily terrible. Blunt kicking ass like she should be doing all the time. Edge of Tomorrow is amazing. Such a great movie. Y'all have no idea. Y'all have no idea how terrible that movie watching was for me. <laughs> let's see what I'm excited. Let's see what Rotten and Tomatoes I'm, said about Edge of Tomorrow. Girl. Edge of Tomorrow, blunt ass kicker. Yeah. Did you say you hope this is better than the Gong, than Gone Girl? Yeah, because I loved Gone Girl, so I'm hoping it, it it tops that that movie that I also loved. Yeah, I I I doubt it. Intern. So I'm about halfway through this book. The book came out two years ago, and it's been on the top seller list for two years. It's been shocking. I've been six the days, shit. Amanda. You could finish this book before the intern has after a year of reading. It's been shocking, um, shocking the I world. I just started since, reading it a couple days ago. Since 2014, it's been shocking the world. Uh, I really enjoy the book so far. There is a limited amount of characters, and I've thought it's been everyone that's been the killer so far, which that's is good news. Um, so I'm liking the book so far. I I like Blunt. I like uh, Megan Hipwell, whoever that is. That's the character name of the blonde girl. She seems appealing to me. Uh, one of the greatest things about this is that uh, men are going to be like lampposts, and uh, the ladies are going to get to shine throughout this. That's really sexist. They're going to get to shine? Like, are you giving them permission to? Wow. No, not yeah. permission, but well, fine. They're going to have the opportunity, which oh, they well. seem to yeah, not have. done raping them with his eyes. Yeah, I'm glad you bestowed them with the opportunity, sexist. Yeah, you should uh, talk to Hollywood directors about not casting women in roles that mean anything. But you are, like, incredibly excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um... Girl on a train. Booze makes you black out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and bath salts make you fight back. Now, is that three exciteds already? It is. Okay, so here's the third time that I'm going to come in as the sole worried voice. Uh, God damn it, Daniel. What no, the yeah, blunt I'm are sorry. you doing? No fuddy buddies here. No, I'm going to be a fuddy-duddy. Uh, I don't... The, the world wants to make Emily Blunt into an actress, and I just don't see her that way. I think she has a higher calling, and that is as a female action star. And she needs to be in more smart movies involve a female action star like Edge of Tomorrow. They've done this to her before, and I don't think she pulls it off very well. Even though I like Sicario, I didn't like her in Sicario. You oh. didn't like her character. I yeah. love Sicario. There's a difference between liking her delivery and liking the character that is written on the page. I can tell the difference. I don't think you can. I think I can. Yeah, oh, you seem like pretty her. slow in your mind. Like character and they let the leftovers guy in here as as well as he does as the sheriff on leftovers it's usually sort of a warning sign when you see like a premium channel go-to guy show up in a movie movie limited role just saying i get it he's gonna be a lamppost i get it but that said i don't know there's like sweaty sex up against the window 
some That's sort hot. of some sort of like mild psychological thriller that plays in the background of a lot of romantic hiccups. Not you know who else I like? Who else I'm super excited about in this movie? Who is the female like detective that is interrogating Emily Blunt? What? Who is she? Allison Janney. Yeah. You want to know why I love her? Because of Spy. You know what else they're making? <laughs> spy 2. Fuck, Can't wait. Fuck Spy. <laughs> fuck oh, Spy yeah. 2. That's true. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a automatic excited, I think, for I do, Spy 2. I do. Here, though, I'm going to go ahead and lay down my worry. I, I agree that Emily Blunt is going to be an amazing action star, and she should milk that shit, but I disagree that she was out of place in Sicario, and I disagree that she's not a great actress. I think that she's going to be very versatile. She's going to do a lot of things, and you just need to get on the Blunt train because it's it's heading for some tragic, intense drama that can't be stopped. Hashtag girl on a train. Hashtag blunt train. Hashtag blunt train. I'm going to read this book in six days. Excited. Hashtag should be female John Wick. Okay. Oh, I can get on board with that. I would say excited for that too. Mm -hmm. Worried. Joan Joan Wick. Joan Wick. (laughs) He could be his sister. Oh, his sister? His twin sister. Yeah. His His twin twin equally badass sister or... That's what she should be, but they're probably they're gonna probably gonna go to like love interest, but like yeah. an equally matched love interest. No, you know sis- I mean? sister that gets murdered. That's that's John Wick three. Yeah. No, no, not that gets murdered. It gets captured. <sighs> we need to see her have like some Matrix style crazy shit go down. We can't just have her be like a flashback on a phone call that's like John, come save me, and then like a gunshot. You know what? I'm honestly already a little bit disappointed in John Wick two, and th- I mean this is how the first one ended, but the fact that they picked up like a pit bull to be his dog i'm like no your wife gave you like an adorable basset hound yeah you should <laughs> like, have like you should have a dog that's notoriously not an attack dog not and, a badass and make no. it seem badass like it should yeah. be like a beagle that's like buffed out oh yeah it was, maybe it was a beagle it might have been a beagle but either he way he needs yeah. a dog that like, can take a bat hit and yeah. still live yeah, a dog that would just die from getting kicked by theon yeah oh, theon Greyjoy, you're a piece of shit He's so great, though. And those musical montages in the nightclub when he's running away in his, in his little bath he's, towel. That actor is so fantastic. great at being a chicken shit that I'm like, you must actually be a chicken shit in real life. No, I give those guys credit because they always get pigeonholed as the like chicken shit villain guy. But you need someone that's really good at that to make the revenge story play out properly. And he does. He plays that part. I give him a lot of credit. Mm. Welcome to the Roundtable, everyone, the second part of Trailer Park Podcast. This is episode 66, and that was the greatest lineup you've ever seen on Trailer Park Podcast. Thank you very much. I am the uh, producer of the show. All of that is my responsibility, and it all reflects on how perfect I am. Okay, so moving right along. (laughs) Super exposition. Uh, So gentlemanly-like. To the burden list. The intern is back in his chair, so he can uh, proceed from here. Uh, Intern, please take it away. You are the host of the burden list and everything after the roundtable. Perfect. Uh, what we do here with the burden list is you guys burden each other by forcing each other to watch a movie and appreciate it. 
You each have a list. Goes up and down. You guys go up and down on each other. And yeah, you go all down around hard. Like 60 each other. Like you, two you pregnant guys, women. You you deep throat 66 this all the time. Uh, so what we do first is uh, a movie. You guys go up on each other. So let's uh, let's all go up on each other. Nathan? We're doing quotes tonight, Daniel. Quotes? Yep. Ah, it seems so old-fashioned. <laughs> Number one, I found you half dead crossing the desert alone, and you say you are afraid? Not bad. Number two, may you get to heaven an hour before the devil knows you're dead. I'm going to get you. And number three, we're going to wait, and we're going to wait, and we're going to wait until they feel the pain, until they start to bleed. Oh, you know I'm a sucker for revenge movies. That's got a little revenge element to it. I do like the desert connotation on the first one, though. The second one, that could be anything. That could be anything. You want to go, you want to jump on that one because the devil is mentioned. But that could be a toss away line from any sort of boring two hour, 45 minute long drama. So we're going one or three on this one. Any sort of insight, Amanda? Three. She likes three. I like three. Let's go three. Uh, Daniel, you have selected the big short. Big <laughs> short. Well, that's good. Okay. I want to see it anyway. That's Revenge fine. of the Bankers. <clears throat> yeah, um, that, that that quote is about uh, financial waiting. We're gonna wait. We're gonna wait on us on the, and then we're gonna short the stocks, and they're gonna feel the pain. Yeah. Yeah, they're being big pieces of shit. Excellent. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Yeah. Uh, do we get to know what we missed? Uh, number two is Road to Perdition. <laughs> oh, avoided that one for so long. And number one is actually the Four Feathers. Why does that ring a bell? What it's a been movie. It's Heath Ledger's like last movie, and I think it's forever long. I did you a favor. Okay, yeah, I think we made the right choice there. Number two was the right choice. Anyway, Daniel, can you uh, can you go up on Nathan and give him a little tongue? Yeah, I will long stroke that shaft straight to the top. Nathan, tonight we're going to do a little something different. Um, movies on IMDb, they have a little section for their plot. And in that section, they have plot tags. So I've let Amanda choose three plot tags from each of your choices tonight, and she will read them to you next. Number one, electrocuted, unresolved ending, and a faked death. That's number one. Number two. Dead body in a bathtub, police, vomiting. That's number two. Number three. Erection, loneliness. (laughs) Is that a question? Survivor. <laughs> All right, real quick recap: one, two, and three. One electrocuted, unresolved ending, faked death. Number two, dead body in a bathtub, police vomiting, and number three, erection, loneliness, survivor. Um, Is there a weekend at Bernie's three? I'm gonna go with number three, Swiss Army Man. Wow. wow. See, I told you there was some giveaways in that one. I mean, they were. I mean, all of them were because it was like. Yeah, they were. It was like friendship between men, friend and with a dead body, yeah. and <laughs> corpse <laughs> farting. <laughs> yeah. Did I guess yeah. it right? Yes, yes you, you did. Are. Yeah, you, you did very get it correct. Right. Yeah, you'll be watching Swiss Army Man. I usually like to theme my selections for you, but this time I just happened to watch three movies on whatever various streaming services over the last couple of weeks, and I thought all three or worth recommending, this being one of them. I'm happy with my know? selection. Do we get to know what the other two were? Uh, yes, you missed out on uh, Let Us Pray, a great Scottish horror film that I watched recently, and a Netflix original that Amanda has been rolling her eyes at all day because she hates time loop movies, but it's a time loop movie worth watching called Ark. 
ARQ. I've heard of that. Does that mean you don't like Groundhog Day, Amanda? She doesn't. She doesn't like it. It's our biggest strife in the relationship. Yeah. Wow. Because it's my favorite comedy of all time. So it's a big problem. (laughs) To be fair, to my credit, I don't know that I've ever seen the whole thing. But I've probably not seen the whole thing because it makes me want to shoot myself in the face. She can't stand so, movies. They do the same scene over and over again. Fucking hate that it. That explains. She should, um, should tie her down and make her watch Vantage Point. <laughs> Maybe uh, if you turn it on and fall asleep and start snoring, I'll love it. Yeah. See, I, I forced her to watch Edge of Tomorrow and then I fell asleep and I'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow is pretty similar in the fact that they do the same type of thing and are awesome. Uh, Ark, Ark is interesting. It's a super low budget Netflix movie, but it's every time the day plays over, it plays over significantly different because each person involved understands the time loop once they're made aware of it. So it's a very interesting take on the whole sort of subgenre. That said, I bet this movie wasn't made for more than 500 grand, but it looks great. It's a very odd little selection arc. I suggest checking it out. I'll wait for you to burden it. Um, Swiss Art, you'll, lo- you'll love that one. You saw that one, right, Intern? Yeah, it was yeah, uh, one of I, the few movies this summer that was worth watching. Yeah, I did not expect my emotional reaction to that movie. It was, <laughs> right? I knew it. I knew what I was getting into, and it was significantly better from there. It's very rare you get to make that claim. I just want to point out that he's getting off on how great Swiss Army Man was, but when I suggested seeing it in the theater, he was like, no, let's see Central Intelligence instead. I did not say that. You did, though, because I was like, let's go see Swiss Army Man. Let's go see it. I'm really excited about it. I'm Amanda. I'm so cute. And you're like, no, because it seems like a riskier movie. And since we're paying to see it, we should see something that we know exactly what we're going to get, which is central intelligence. All right. Well, that's a should rational decision. Despite the fact that we to... walked away from that, watching the worst of the two, I think the logic is sound. Daniel, you're never going to yeah, get but it. But now you get to be the cool guy that's seen Swiss Army Man, and I'm the loser that hasn't seen it. Daniel, I know. I, Daniel, I, yeah, I, Daniel, I live in this world. Daniel, you're just never going to get it. Never going to get, get it. it. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. Never <laughs> you realize get it. that. You just supported like mainstream Hollywood over the the arty awesome. Okay, but I watched that indie alternative movie in the fashion of indie alternative movies, which was on somebody's stolen USB stick. You don't respond to these guilt trips. So they didn't make anything. You don't respond to these guilt trips, okay? With with the intern, you just you just say, "Excuse me, intern. There is no shaming here from you to me. There is only shaming from us." To you, that is the nature well, of our relationship. Daniel, keep in mind that Nathan wait. did agree with me earlier about the Culkin factor. No, I just you really you just you 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 save yourself in turn time and time again by me knowing that you have like a deep emotional love for Turbo Kid. <laughs> Daniel has no more room left in his heart for another Culkin. That's all this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not going to outdo the Good Son. Period. All <laughs> right, Good Son. I don't know if he has. It's a burdenable movie if he hasn't seen it. For sure. Good son, Nathan. Yes or no? Uh, intern, what's next? Oh, okay. looks like it's no. a burden. Right to the top. Yeah. It's a good uh, movie. Next, we're going to find out if you guys go down on each other down deep or if you're staying erect at six. Um, Daniel, can you tell us if it's a miracle that you watched Dallas Buyers Club or did you just go with what I w- am assuming is Chinatown? Okay, you're throwing around a lot of burdenless puns there, a lot of deep nerd cuts. Yeah, I really thought you crushed it there for a second, but you didn't. Yeah, you actually flew right over it. I did for a deep, long moment consider 
finally removing Dallas Buyers Club from my list today. I really did. I really did. Instead, because of the conversation that you and Nathan were having in the group chat on WhatsApp earlier, I decided it was more appropriate that I go with Miracle. (laughs) You guys were talking so much hockey. Hockey was on my brain. I had a moment today where I got up earlier than usual and was in that like vague twilight sunrise part of the morning and I was like let me go ahead and watch Miracle and I did and and I liked Miracle and honestly Miracle is one of those movies where if you're not a sports movie fan like me this will fill up one of your 10 slots that you reserve for like a dismissive hand waving of what's the best of the best give it to me and I'll check it out this is one of those Miracle's great first of all because it has Kurt Russell <laughs> and every <laughs> rational human being wants Kurt Russell to be their father, their boss, and their president. (laughs) Oh my god. And it's great. And honestly, I almost like broke down. I almost broke down emotionally when Ralph was the last one to get cut from the team. Oh, Coxie! It was a moment. It was a moment, both because Kurt Russell, who was being such a hard ass up until then, was on the verge of tears. And like that player in particular was like intelligent enough and emotionally mature enough to know that he wasn't being cut because he was bad, but because there was no other choice. And you just felt for it. I almost broke down in that moment. And I almost broke down at the moment that you're supposed to break down, which is when USA finally pulls through and puts those fucking Soviets in the ground where they belong. Now, great hockey movie, right? My, I think my go-to for hockey is still Slapshot, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm very glad hey. that I was burdened Miracle. Hey, good movie. Hanrahan, your wife licks pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they have like the three guys on the USA team that they like immediately recognize as working well together and they call them the Coneheads. Yeah. And they even like finish each other's sentences. I thought that was really cute in Miracle, like a Disney sort of way. Miracle is a great movie and I'm glad that you appreciate it, Daniel. And I'm glad that you avoided it and I'm glad that you see that it's awesome because it's also an awesome event in sports history. Really- like that's a huge fucking deal for college kids, amateur college kids to beat that team at that time. The Red yeah, Art. Seasons, Soviet pros, yeah. literally the best in the world and working together for over a decade. Yeah, they had won like the last couple gold medals at the Olympics. They were unbeatable. They destroyed the NHL All-Stars and that was in the movie. It was a serious, serious thing. They were using a system at that time that hadn't been used before and honestly I think a lot of uh, a lot of very serious hockey people looked at them as like an unbeatable force and for that team to do that was... It was, in fact, a miracle. It was crazy, especially for the U.S. to do it, too, which is, you know, you wouldn't expect that from the U.S. Yeah, that was the weird thing was in this movie, this hugely inspirational movie about hockey, no Canadian hockey. Not a single Canadian team plays any hockey in this movie. And Canada is only mentioned once in name by Kurt Russell when he talks about turning the USA team into a hybrid between Soviet Russia and Canada and that's it otherwise zero mention of Canada in this hockey movie yeah well, I mean at that time I don't think um, I don't think the Canadian Olympic program was really up to snuff either I think that's it took a long time to get it where it is now but there's a lot of great scenes from this movie that I personally love and kind of quote in my brain all the time I love that fucking scene with the goalie where he's like is this because I didn't take your test and he's like no I want to see the guy in the net that wouldn't take the test and I'm like yeah yep I, yep. I remember guy. that one yep see the guy that wouldn't take the test and uh, he, he comes in and 
freaks out in the dressing room and blows a big spaz and has a big fight with a player and comes out and talks to the assistant coach. I think that'll get him going. I'm like, yeah, that's going to fucking get him going. Yeah. 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 Kurt Russell is great at like the psychology game in this movie. (laughs) And I think he did a really good job too. I mean, I don't really know the guy he was playing that well, but if you look at pictures of the actual Herb uh, guy, it's, it's pretty close and it's kind of a weird character for Kurt Russell to be playing too. Every once in a while, Kurt Russell shows up and, and you go, Jesus Christ, not only do I want him to be my father and do I want him to be my buddy? And I love Kurt Russell so much, but he like, is a really good actor sometimes he just pops up with these crazy character roles and he's awesome yeah and he does a great job yeah and they, they do that at the end of the movie they show a picture of the real uh the real coach because he died i guess during the production of this movie and you're like oh yeah oh great job great casting job he looks just like him. <laughs> and one of the unique things too is that the u.s beating russia was in the semi-final right like the actual final isn't even in the movie. Oh, yeah. They, they skate over it. They're like, oh, yeah, that was just for the bronze. Anyways, they go on to beat Finland for the gold. Uh, uh, goodbye, guys. Credits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the things that pulls me out of this movie, though, the only thing that pulls me out is my knowledge that Kurt Russell doesn't actually know how to skate. <laughs> so you can kind of see that in certain scenes when he's skating around being the coach and he's just, you know, he learned enough to be able to move around and he didn't really do anything Yeah, most else. of the time, I keep him on like sneakers on the ice. Yeah. Oh, and then and oh, and then there's the scene where he like makes them practice until the lights get turned out. Oh yeah, I was actually gonna. Oh damn it. Yeah, I had a whole like bit I was gonna introduce and I fucked it up. Yeah, you're right. Who do you play I for? Gonna, I was gonna make you say the mouse is out and about in the house, and then every time you say, how are you gonna make him say that? Again, again. Who do you play for? The mouse is out and about in the house. The mouse is out and about in the house. Oh, not bad. That sounded almost American. Nathan, you've been hanging out with me too much. The mouse Intern- is about and Kate. about in the house, y'all. That was the that was the one thing. If I had to say anything that maybe might have pulled me out of that movie was everyone putting on this over the top North America, North Dakota, North Minnesota slash quasi Canadian accent the whole time. It was too much. You can hear it just in the way that you said the mouse is out and about in the house. You can hear as a hardcore Canadian. You barely had any sort of Canadian dialect on that phrasing. But in the movie, Kurt Russell and everybody else is just over the top. They're like, oh, the moose is oot in the boot in the hoose, eh? And you're like, okay, calm it down. <laughs> well, that's actually Minnesota and Boston are the accents. Oh. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying to do those accents. So for you to yeah, confuse was, that with Canada means that you don't understand hockey and you don't understand which states have which accents and you're a poor legal alien no that's the canadian accent bleeding down into the united states is what that is i was actually giving you guys credit but that's fine i don't think that canada bled into minnesota oh yeah yeah, oh yeah whatever i don't i don't know that they just like jumped that far across the like i have to remind myself that fargo is american can we just talk about the fact that i silver sharded on this episode and nobody said anything about it you silver sharded? Really? No, you didn't. Didn't I? I you, was excited about everything. You golden deuced? I don't know which one's the bad it's one. The silver shard is the excited one. Sharding is excited. Yeah, okay, excited so on everything. You were excited on everything. Yeah. Yeah, I was the lone. Yeah, you were the lone. You, you were not excited about Birth of a Nation. Yeah, you yes, you were, though. Racism. You were. Oh, you're. You were also not excited about the horror movie. Amanda? And didn't you say not excited about the last one? Girl on a Train? Amanda? Yeah. Fucking I almost like golden, almost golden deuce this thing. Amanda, congratulations on your shard. Thank you, Nathan. Didn't you have one too? I might have actually. I think you did. I think I did. I think we sharded together. Yeah. (laughs) 
We're shard. We're 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 shard buddies. They're fuddy buddies, and we're shard buddies. You know what this reminds me of? That last time I was at your house and I touched my penis and cum on everything in your apartment mm, while you were sleeping. Yeah. You know, Andrew, you can't be all like uppity and sensitive about that when I have repeatedly asked you to move in and be my houseboy. You can come wherever you want, and you just keep saying no. I like Andrew. <laughs> oh, it makes you just want to sigh. <sighs> All right, uh, Nathan, please tell me you watched The Shining. Uh, I did not watch The Shining. Oh. <laughs> so did you give her? I gave her. Yeah. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the reason Daniel put The Giver on the burden list is because he felt that The Giver got a raw deal and deserved to be appreciated, and he needed a gentleman to help him provide The Giver with its moment. Am I right? Yeah, please tell me you wouldn't give this a zero also. Sorry, what's that, Daniel? I believe that was the angle, yeah? I didn't know if I recollected it perfectly or not, but um, but yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the movie missed... A little bit. A little bit or a lot bit? Well, because it's been done before in other ways. You know, it's not, you know, it's based on a famous book that everyone but me has apparently read when they were a child. Oh, yeah. Let's keep that in mind. You haven't read the book yet. Your emotional attachment is limited. Right. Mm -hmm. And it draws too many parallels with other utopian future movies where the protagonist is different than the others and can see the truth and must awaken the masses. I mean, there's the Matrix and Equilibrium, and the Giver is pretty much, you know, lost in the shadow of the Hunger Games and Divergent as kind of a cross between Logan's Run and Pleasantville. It's pretty tame, and I would say that the thing I appreciated the most about it is the dialogue. Precision of language. Precision. Oh, yeah, yeah. Precision of language, please. And the apologizing stuff was super amusing to me. So amusing that I have prepared an I apologize giver mashup. <laughs> I apologize for my intrusion. We, we accept your apology. apology. I apologize for the intrusion. I accept your apology. I apologize. I accept your apology. I apologize to my community. We accept your apology. I don't tell you what to do in your position, so don't tell me. I apologize, but. Isn't that what's happening now? Your apology is accepted, but you are being careless. I apologize. I apologize. Don't say that. I apologize. Don't apologize to me ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably not going to watch it again, but it saddens me that what is potentially the most famous of the dystopian stories ends up being a victim to the oversaturated jambalaya of the genre simply because it waited too long to be made and got lost in the shuffle. Right. I'd argue that although there are probably things that could have been done better about this movie, and I'm sure someone who's read the book would be able to point out what those things are better than I, uh, the reason why this movie got 35% on Rotten Tomatoes has nothing to do with its execution and has everything to do with its timing. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's really the core of what I wanted you to express. Yeah. 
I didn't need you to love it or even like it, really. It was just like, this is not what you thought it was going to be from the trailers. Yeah, and I uh, I haven't seen or read The Giver. I also didn't read it when I was in school. But Daniel is intensely upset when there is an extreme reaction to anything. And so when something that is beloved, like The, like the Giver, is reacted crazily against when it's turned into a movie all that does for him is make him want to find the goodness in it and appreciate it because he just refuses to agree with the mainstream with the masses yes on anything i just think it was i think it was i think the point of whether you read it as a kid growing up or you didn't i think that's the biggest factor in this because for anyone that didn't read this book, when they see all these young adult dystopian movies that come out, they only associate those movies among themselves. So when something like The Giver comes out, they go, oh, that's been done to death. I would be give a shit about that. Where for me, as someone who read The Giver growing up watching all these movies, all I can see is Giver knockoff, Giver knockoff, Giver knockoff. So when the actual Giver comes out and it's not crazy it's not inventive it's not really anything but it's not offensively bad either i feel like i do have to stand in for it for a moment and go this is the movie that gave all the other movies their ideas it just did come out too late you're right that's the (laughs) biggest problem well that's why i say that like i say that it's in the shadow of the hunger games and and divergent because those movies clearly and the authors of those books clearly were inspired or affected by the giver in some way i would imagine yeah and there is a conflict there however i think the ma- I, br- I mentioned the matrix and equilibrium because i think those as movies killed this idea and crushed it in a more entertaining way so it's the same concept as the one or you know releasing or waking up the um asleep masses so it's kind of the same type deal and i've you know jeff bridges and meryl streep and brendan thwaites who i like i like brendan thwaites and there's nothing wrong with this there's nothing wrong with it it's not 35 percent. it's just easily dismissed because it was in production hell for too long and just didn't have its moment yeah and I, and you and you made that montage as like a as like a jab at the movie but you're absolutely right that is some of the better parts is watching them like engage with how burdensome language has become in that era it's like whoa 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 you can't just speak in like passionate vagaries you got to be precise uh, i apologize please clarify <laughs> Well, that's actually one of its charming features. I made that mashup because I truly do appreciate that part of the movie. That's hilarious to me that the delivery of especially Jeff Bridges's character, even though I wasn't like a huge fan of Jeff Bridges in the movie, I like his delivery of that part of it because he doesn't believe in apologizing. But his, I accept your apology. Like just getting it. <laughs> just, just plays along. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Apologize. Yeah, okay, we I all accept apologize. your. Yeah. What is that transmission? Oh, what? Oh, I accept your apology. Um, blah, and uh, it's just it's throughout the whole movie, and it it helps to yeah create a sense of distance between you know how how long ago the end of the world was and how they've arrived where they are and how robotic and how how they rely so heavily on sameness with this structured mentality and process that they go through and i think that meryl streep really helped to sell that part of it as well and and um yeah no i I was not uh displeased watching this movie it it was it was fine it was good it just i I probably liked it more than the hunger games and and uh, divergent but i also recognize that they're very similar and uh they i don't really think that the giver like stands out over top of them as a champion in any way 
So you would say that the giver deserves at least 36%. I'd say that you need to get on board with the timing part of this intern and stop trying to make some sort of underhanded jab at the movie. Um, Give um, this the 55 it deserves and let's move on. I'm going to do my critic blurbs here, though. Uh, I found a couple, and this this may be a little insulting, but uh, it felt like at the start of every scene, I was getting one of those emotion-suppressing injections. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, sure, I'll take that. Yeah, it's Rob Thomas at Madison Movie. And another one was, another week, another movie about a special adolescent who saves society from the forces of darkness. And that was Liam Lacey from Globe and Mail. Yeah, and that speaks to the timing. Yeah, that speaks to the timing. So there it is. Done. And now it's time for the intern archive update. Intern archive. Intern. Bring it to you live. Archive update. Can you handle my drive? Sixty percent is good for some people. Beautiful. Don't <laughs> touch any of it. Sixty percent is apparently good enough for everyone. That's pretty much where we're all at, except Amanda. Um, what? You're you're above sixty percent. You're you're better than everyone else. Yeah. Um, the continuous winner of the archive update. So uh, we're doing thirty-one, thirty-one, gentlemen and lady. Uh, and we started off with Ant-Man, uh, where Michael Pena goes from being a thief to a prisoner to a Baskin-Robbins employee to a bodyguard yeah, surrounded by a superhero movie. Um, and then we had Mr. Holmes, where Sherlock is super old. Oh, remember that one, yeah. Uh, followed by Stung. Yep, the saw it. wasps get huge and turn into cows. Yep. Then turn into a big zero. Uh, oh, that's a little harsh. <laughs> He's outspoken about it. He hates it, apparently. Then we had Trainwreck, which uh, was anything but. Oh. Amanda kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Strangerland, which was uh, surprising, but still not not noteworthy. Um, so Ant-Man, everyone was excited. This is uh, Nathan, Daniel, and myself were on this episode. Uh, everyone got excited. I enjoyed this movie. This I don't is... care that Nathan has a problem with Marvel and he's like sucking on DC's cock right now. This is the beginning of your journey, intern. 31 is your where you went, where you started your 34 episode consecutive run. Yes, and it was the episode before this that you started calling me the intern. You've always been called the intern. You just didn't yeah, know about it. Happened, like instantly. You didn't know about it until episode 30. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I honestly can't remember a time when we ever called you Andrew. Yeah, yeah, it was short-lived, like four episodes or something. Um, <laughs> Who's Andrew? Right? Who is that guy? Um, it, it was small would... scale. It was tight story, intimate story, and Michael Douglas was hilarious. Yes, Ant-Man was fun. Right? Uh, I would recommend this to other people. We all got a point. Uh, moving on to Mr. Holmes. Did anyone watch this? I'm guessing no. I have not. No. <laughs> Amanda? <laughs> no from her as well. She's fell asleep already. Um, you guys were worried. I was excited because I was, was excited about Sherlock Holmes. And uh, 
watching this movie made me really want to watch another Guy Ritchie version. I think they should stick to him for movies. Yeah, you can't uh, beat that plotting out his own fight scene. I gave it a low, low plus one, uh, which means that uh, Nathan and Daniel, you both got points, and I'm sticking at one here. So it's two to two to two to one. Honorable. Honorable nice. decision. Good work. Uh, next, we moved on to Stung. Daniel, you took a full step forward excited. Oh, wow. Um, oh, the pieces were there. No, Lance Hendrickson. That's what got his boner going. That's true. Uh, it was yeah. Goop. Lance Hendrickson and Goop. Um, yep. Sorry, and Goop. Yes. And that was your trying to convince Nathan to get excited because he thought that you might persuade him. And this is where I found it interesting because Nathan tries to persuade people to enjoy trailers all the time. Um, but Nathan got anus face worried. <laughs> and I fell back worried, uh, which I gave this a, a low minus one. Um, mostly for the wasp cow <laughs> and uh, and the cow head at the end. There's a wasp cow? Yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, but they had Henriksen. They neutered him, didn't use him properly. But what they about turned, the extra head on that guy? He turned away from a lot of the gore. The guy who grew the wasp head, he had two heads. They could have done some special things with that. I feel like the opportunities were ripe. They did miss. Um, which leaves us at three to two to two. Uh, next up was Trainwreck, and everyone seen this. Did anyone not like this? I have not seen it. I have oh. not. I have not seen it. You've seen it. I saw part of it. What? I was in bed with Chelsea, and we watched like the first half an hour, and I fell asleep. Okay. Well. You guys should probably watch it. Uh, we were all excited. We all got a point. Nathan, it looks like you're on your way. To a perfect lineup. It's possible. I sharded this one, and I'm sharding that one. Four to three to three. So even though you gave Stung a low negative one, and when you give things a low positive one, you usually equate them to zero or not excited. So you're saying that that negative one wasn't enough to breach over into excited to give me that point on that one? That's correct. Okay. Just clarifying. Yep. You're bang on, actually. That's uh, exactly how I feel about this. Last up, we had Strangerland. Um, Nathan convinced me to be excited over my better judgment with the weird Australian scream that happens in movies. Um, everyone was excited. This was a low plus one. If you guys really like the Babadook, you might like this also. Do you feel like the intern is like racist against Australians? I really oh, like for- Australians' uh, music ability some of my favorite musicians are australian did he just say he likes didgeridoos that's so racist i do like didgeridoos yeah didgeridoos i like those also <laughs> okay hurry up tell me i don't get five points yeah what they is said, strange i what, what is strangely and i forget uh so these kids in the outback go missing and then nicole kidman and joseph fines oh, go looking for them with hugo weaving as the cop yep oh i remember yeah it's done yeah dust storm very orange inside the car dramatic yeah, i remember i remember kidman yeah it was like a pet project of hers yeah thanks she uh was the best part i think she did the best job hugo weaving was also really good in this um from an acting standpoint but you're but saying the story no is lacking thing. You just don't care. Anyway, uh, Nathan, you won the episode. You're the leader of uh, people so far in this, At uh, of people that are present at 66%. Amanda's still winning at 68%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lesser totals, though. Lesser totals. Daniel's at 61, Chelsea's at 63, and I'm at 64. I'm averaging 66% over 150. You're averaging 68% over, like, 
115. Over 154. Yeah, so I'm at 61% over 154. Yeah. And I think I think the listeners know like who the, is the better taste. You the, know? the time will tell. Um, but I think I have the best predictive capabilities as well as the best taste, so it's fine. I think Amanda I know, and this, I, this Amanda and I tonight might ruin things. Amanda and I agree on a lot of things, so I think that she and I should stop being at odds with each other, and we should just, um, yeah. you know, we should we should become full on shard buddies, and just move forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that if you like, if you like the kind of movies that I like, you should just assume that I'm a hundred percent for you, sixty one percent versus the intern. Well, I mean, if you like the kind of movies that you like, then you'd have a wall of VHS that can't be found on dvd and a bunch of bullshit like it's eh, it's complicated to get into what you like hmm. hey did you find yeah, space for all those vhs tapes oh. coming with me are those on <laughs> like prominent is it like an entry a door entryway where you walk yeah. into just like vhs tape arch so in my house i have like a really nice spacious attic and that's where they're going yeah that's not where hidden that's where they're Hidden inside of a crevice. That's where they're There's going. Plenty of light. You can stand up straight in my attic. It's amazing. The TV up there. You go watch your VHS movies in the attic. But you're living. You wishing you lived in Canada now. Have a nice basement to put all that stuff in. No, oh, just once in a while, I'll send you up to the attic to grab a movie for me. I will never go up there. And then while you're up there, we'll enact some sort of horror movie trailer. Just train Roxy to do it. She can't go up those stairs. Yeah, she's like a cow. If she Roxy, goes up there, she, she can't, come, she back can't come back down. Roxy, Roxy, <laughs> Roxy, Mitchell, Mystery Science Theater 3000, Mitchell, go. <laughs> go get it, girl. Go get Mitchell. it, girl. Go big girl. So long, chum. Before we go out here, Nathan, I told you that I watched a movie that I think we covered on a previous TPP. Potentially. Do you remember a Turkish horror movie called Baskin? We never covered that. Didn't we? Then did we watch it off the show? Only, I, I the only lie. foreign movie we've lie. ever done on TPP was uh, Goodnight Mommy, Austrian horror movie. You never showed me a movie about like a couple of like Turkish guys in like a diner, and then one of them like slow motion gets like pulled out of his chair like into a body of water. I feel like I when I watched Baskin on Netflix, I was like, oh, Nathan showed me this movie. Why do I think that? I don't know. I don't. N- none of it's ringing a bell. Maybe it's um, a lost memory, but I don't recognize the title and I don't recognize the information you just provided me with. So I'm gonna have to go with no at this point. Okay. Well, I feel like in some capacity, you and I watched this together, or you showed it to me, or we were on Skype after a podcast watching trailers, and this was one of them. One of those is right. Regardless, Turkish horror movie I like you know you know how i like to point out when other regions of the world are breaching over into the mainstream and this is one of them it's still very much in the turkish fashion but it's about a group of cops a group of what i guess we would consider corrupt cops but maybe in turkey is just like the norm they don't really make a point of it but they look fucking corrupt that said they get called out to this weird police phone call in like a really bad neighborhood in Turkey and what they walk into is like a dark satanic ceremony and they are like trapped in hell by responding to this phone call and they have to go through this whole like torturous process of admitting to their darker sins and it gets fucking crazy when the demon character that's running the ceremony 
makes one of the cockier cops have sex with like a pig human, which then gives birth in like a baby pool to some sort of fucked up fetus demon. What I'm saying is that the Turks are coming along nicely in their <laughs> fucked up interpretations of hell. <laughs> I'm going to clip that whole, just little parts of it. That's great. Um, <laughs> so fetus, it wasn't like as a cohesive a film, not one of my favorites, but there were many parts during this that I was like, wow, that was, that was really well done. You guys put a lot of thought into that. It was very pretty. It was very creative. Good job. I hope whatever you guys do next is better because I feel like you're on the right track. So Turkey, thumbs up for me. Australia, Japan, you've gotten it in the past. This time, it's time for Turkey. It's almost Thanksgiving. Um, okay, very quickly for me, two movies that I don't think I've talked about that I've watched recently um, that are on TP that we did on TPP. Triple uh, Nine. I appreciate. Oh. I appreciate what it was trying to do and acknowledge that it got close, but it missed. And High Rise with Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very artistic, like way more artistic than you think it's going to be. And, yeah, I found myself waiting for it to end because it was too artistic and I, it lost me. It got way too convoluted. So uh, not bad, but not really worth it. Cool. Oh, an intern. Intern? Yes. Let us pray. You should go watch it. I think you might like it. Let us pray. Yeah. Scottish horror film with uh, Pollyanna McIntosh from The Woman and oh, yeah. Sir Davos from Game of Thrones. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. Just so everyone knows. That. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, she plays a down-on-her-luck cop who has to go out to this small Scottish town as like a punishment or a probation. And every cop in this small town at this one police station and every petty criminal that's in their like little county jail all of them have a dark, dark, fucked up secret. And Sir Davos comes in as the Grim Reaper to expose all of their sins. It's like a horror version of Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it kind of is. It really kind of is. But it's really brutal and actually very, very pretty as well. Hmm, cool. Uh, if anyone wants to know, 13 Hours has a good soundtrack. <laughs> and only one <laughs> and only one American flag, apparently. No, there. however many is in the trailer. It's like five. Yeah, I know. You texted me. You're like, it was actually pretty good. I think I'm a Michael no, Bay no, fan no. now. I'm going to go suck Michael it's, Bay's cock. It's not pretty good. It was surprising. Yeah. And it's competency. Look, we know that you're going to go see Transformers the last, the, the, the whatever yeah. night. The last I'm gonna night. Pay. Yeah, you're going to go in the theater. Opening night. Yeah. I'm going to contribute to the billion dollars it's going to make. Oh, yeah. I know. I know you will. Because you also love Mark Wahlberg and you love everything about Michael Bay. Um, so moving forward. Good night, everyone. Trailer Park Podcast 66 comes to a close. Uh, TrailerParkPodcast.com. Uh, SadSackStudios.com. At SadSackStudios. At T-Park Podcast. At The Intern TPP. At Panda Bear. <laughs> no, she's she's not going to do it. All right? We can push and push, but she's not going to do it. We're just going to go with hashtag Shard Buddies and we're going to be okay with it. Okay. Yep. We, we appreciate you joining us and look forward to our next episode, which is the Halloween episode. And Daniel will be the primary host and producer of Trailer Bar Podcast episode 67, the Halloween edition, the all horror lineup for the first time ever on Trailer Bar Podcast. Daniel, don't you think it's a little bit weird that the intern got to host an episode before you? It sounds yeah, offensive. I feel like it's like not canon. What? Like, like even though he like technically hosted one before me 
like in the chronology of our show, I'm technically still second. Oh, like ab- non-canonical. Exactly. Like Absolutely. the episode of Bob's Burgers where Tina's like, it's non-canonical. It's non-canonical. Yeah, like the intern is like the old extended Star Wars universe, which is no longer considered canon. Right. Yeah. The, there's a number on that episode. Let's be honest. That I hosted. Even, even no though. No one asked me what I watched. Oh. So. What did you watch? I watched Snowden. No, no. I don't want to stop. Let's draw out the music. We're done. <laughs> that music? <laughs> no? The end music? You want to start over? No. <laughs> well, all you're going to say is that Snowden was fine. Yeah, but Joseph fucking crushes. Yeah, I hope he gets nominated. He should. I mean, it It was... I mean, I, I couldn't even contain myself how amazing his acting was in, a, in an otherwise mediocre, forgettable biopic movie by Oliver Stone. He's fucking <laughs> solid. No, Levitt's solid. He's such Being a good actor. Cracked, um, have you, Amanda, you know who I think should get a, just an a award? Second, just a second. No. Amanda, have you seen Brick? No. Have you seen The Lookout? No. Those are two Joseph Gordon-Levitt movies that you should watch. The Lookout okay. and Brick. Very good. Daniel, Daniel okay. will corroborate. I think Snowden should get nominated for Supporting Actor. For Nicolas Cage. <laughs> for Nick Cage? Oh, my God. He's so intolerable. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 